Welcome to the Grow with Scott podcast. In today's show, I'll talk about transplanting your small veg plants into their next pots. But first, a shout out to our sponsors, the Shutter Seed Company, Michigan Bread and Grown. You can find them at www.shutterseedco.com. Now, with no further ado, let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the show. In the last episode, we talked a little bit about your seedling through small veg stage. Today, we're going to talk about transplanting them. It's been a good first few weeks for your plants. Your plant should be hardened off and adjusted to its new grow environment. Hopefully, you found no problems with your plant roots. They should be strong, well-established. Your plant leaves should look very healthy and green. At this point, you may notice the first set of lower leaves start to die off. That's no problem. It's natural. That happens. Your plant is an apical dominant, meaning the main central stem is dominant over its side branches. Picture a pine tree, skinny at the top with uh, stretchy long lower branches at the bottom. Those lower branches will be fighting for the light in the later stages, so we'll just be removing them anyways. Now that it's time to transplant, we need to choose our pots and soil. When it comes to pots, we have a ton of options to choose from. You can use fabric pots, you can use net pots, you can use plastic pots. I've even grown right in the bag of store-bought soil. Simply poke some holes in the bottom for drainage and just cut off the top and plant directly into it. Um, I've done it. It works. If you're low on funds, it's a cheaper way to, to do it. No matter what container you choose, they all have the same common denominator, which is drainage. Whatever you choose, it needs to drain properly. Um, you're going to be feeding your plants a lot of water. Sometimes you get a little heavy-handed and the water needs to drain out of your plants or they're going to drown. The biggest problem we face as indoor growers is we tend to overlove our plants. We will sometimes think some is good, more must be better. That's not true. Overwatering is one of the biggest mistakes we make. It's a hard thing to get used to. Even veteran gardeners will do it time to time. Now you have to choose the type of pots. We need to choose the size. Now your net pots are full of holes all over with plenty of drainage. Great for doing hydro. Your nursery pots or your plastic pots mostly come with drainage holes already in the bottom. And your fabric pots are all drainage from top to bottom. They help air prune your roots, allowing more oxygen to reach your roots. It's been my experience that they tend to dry up quicker and need more frequent waterings. We also have to choose the pot size. When choosing the size, we need to factor in a few things. First, how much height and space do I have? Am I limited in height? If so, you may want a smaller pot, like a three-gallon container. Keep in mind your plants will usually double in height during your flower cycle. So if your plant is three foot tall and you flip your light schedule, you'll be finishing around six foot tall. This uh, definitely pertains to you tent growers. will understand that height is very, very crucial. You don't have lots of it. And if you don't have a lot of height, your plant will grow too tall and grow into the lights. Now that you have chosen the type of pot you're going to use, you need to choose the size. When choosing the size, 
we need to factor in a few things. First, how much height and space do I have? Am I limited in height? If so, you may want a smaller pot, like a three gallon container. Keep in mind your plant will usually double in height during your flower cycle. So if your plant is three foot tall and you flip your light schedule, you'll be finishing around six foot tall. And if your plant grows too tall, it could get too close to your light and burn. If you're a tent grower, you're definitely, this definitely pertains to you. You can control your height through LST or low stress training. Uh, you could top your plant. You could also do some lollipopping or super cropping, which I'll talk about in um, different episodes, probably further, further up. We'll talk about that. Um, if you are not limited in height, you can choose a larger pot, like a five to seven gallon pot. Just remember your plant has small root mass right now. Um, it's not going to take up a lot of room in that five or seven gallon pot. Um, so, so be careful, uh, when watering, um, such a large pot with such a small root mass, um, your waterings will be uh, less frequent. So keep that in mind if you plan on using your nutrients because um, you will be watering less often. Another thing to keep in mind is you need to think about the fact that you started from seeds. If you purchased feminized seeds, you're probably going to be able to put them right in their forever pot. Uh, what I mean by their forever pot is um, they will go into the pot into which they will be finishing in. If you did get feminized seeds, there's probably nothing for you to worry about. Um, you're probably going to get female plants, which is what we want. As long as the breeder did their jobs, you have nothing to worry about. If they are regular seeds, you risk the chance of them being male. Since they could be male, I don't like to waste a lot of time growing them out really big just to be a, a pollen producer. So I transplant these into either a one or two gallon pot and cut a couple of clones from them. I throw them into, like I said, a one or two gallon um, pots, and then I throw them directly into flower. I do this right away to sex the plant because these are regular seeds. I do not know if they're going to be male or female. I throw them directly into flower, and if they do show that they are female, then I keep the clones and grow them out for the next. If they show they are male, then of course I cull them and throw them into my compost pile along with the uh, clones. Also, another thing when choosing your pot size, you need to think about your pot as being like a battery. The bigger the battery, the more uh, juice it can hold. Uh, the more juice it can hold, the more um, things you can run off that battery. So just, just think about it that way. We can also talk a little bit about the pros and cons of uh, small pots versus large pots. Uh, small pots advantage you need less water and nutrients. One con for it is there will be more frequent waterings. Once your plant becomes large enough, you might find yourself watering 
a couple times a day. Another advantage to small pots, uh, small pots take up less space. So you can fit more pots into your room. Um, a con, that's less space in those pots for your roots, which bigger roots make bigger fruits. Another advantage to a small pot is uh, mobility, lighter pots for moving. So if you have, say you have mobility issues, you may want a smaller pot. Once you fill that pot with a soil, uh, you put your plant in it and you, you put your, your water in, like a gallon of water, that plant, it becomes pretty, pretty heavy. So if you are looking at mobility problems, you may want to definitely stick with the smaller pots. Now let's talk about large pots. One advantage to having a large pot is less frequent waterings. Um, that's a lot of soil and say like a seven gallon uh, container that, that holds a lot of soil. Um, that holds, that soil in turn holds a lot of water. Um, some disadvantage, uh, like I said, uh, more water, <laughs> more water at once. Say you let that seven gallon pot, you let that dry out. You let it dry out a little bit too much. Your plant is really thirsty. Um, it could take at least uh, one, two, two and a half gallons to fully saturate your soil. Um, instead of only like a cup or two if you're using, say, like the smaller pots. But perhaps the best benefit to a larger pot is you can grow bigger plants. And with bigger plants come bigger flowers. One disadvantage is there's less frequent watering, which means if you are using nutrients, that's less opportunity to get your nutrients to your plant. With so many things to uh, think about when choosing your pot size, I think probably the most important factor is um, how tall can you grow these plants? Um, that's going to be one of the biggest determining factors as to my pot size anyways. Now let's talk uh, pot types, uh, starting with mesh pots. They are mainly used in like hydro. They give a lot of airflow, allowing a lot of good uh, wet, like a good wet dry cycle. I don't run hydro too often, so I'm, I don't use these too often. One downside is they are usually very small. They're usually four to six inches, um, um, just, just not big. The next pot I'll talk about is your basic nursery pot. They come in all shapes, sizes. Um, they are your industry standard when it comes to pots. You can find them anywhere. They are cost effective. They uh, won't dry out as fast as say like your fabric pots. Um, your fabric pots, uh, they like, like I said earlier, they, uh, they dry out quicker, meaning you'll have to water more often. These fabric pots, they do air prune your roots and allow more oxygen into your root zone, which is really nice. But like I said, you will find yourself watering more often. Um, they, they tend to dry out your soil a little bit quicker. Now that we have chosen pot size and type, we need to decide what we are going to grow in. Are you a living soil no-till person? Are you a cocoa or peat grower and like to control everything your plant needs nutrition-wise? 
Are you going to use a soilless blend like in Ocean Forest or my uh, favorite, the Detroit Nutrients Water Only, uh, which I recommend, particularly if you're a new grower. Uh, you have no need to worry about nutrient schedule, nothing. You simply just water. I mean, you just simply water. It, it's that simple. The soilless mix has all the nutrients needed to get your plants through from start to finish. I highly recommend them. Also, one thing I forgot to mention is saucer trays. Uh, big enough to fit underneath your pot to collect all the runoff water. Uh, you don't need to be flooding your grow room or grow spaces. Now let's talk cocoa or peat growers. Uh, the cocoa or peat growers will need to use fertilizer. Um, as the cocoa and peat have no organic matter to break down for the plant to uptake. Uh, therefore, it's your responsibility to, to be Mother Nature and feed these plants. One thing I will recommend if you are using cocoa is to rinse your cocoa well. You have no idea um, what has settled in that cocoa throughout its um, shipping. Uh, you're also not sure how it's been sourced. You don't know how, how clean it's going to be. I suggest rinsing your cocoa thoroughly. Now, if you choose to run like a living soil or do like a no-till, um, instead of using pots, you may want to run like a 5x5 five five bed or something like that um, because you're basically not going to be emptying out this 5x5 um, uh, five five bed. You're just going to be regrowing in it. All right, enough rambling about pots. Let's get into transplanting. How I like to do it is I prepare as much soil as I need to fill the appropriate number of pots I need to fill. I make sure my soil is wet, but not too wet. I don't want mud, just a nice moist soil. I then take my pot and fill it, leaving about two inches of gap from the top. I then dig a hole directly into the middle of the soil. I use an empty solo cup to judge how deep and wide to make the hole. Since your plant is growing in the same size solo cup as the hole you make, you can simply match your cup up. It should fit nice. Before I put this plant into the hole, what I like to do, there are many products out there to use, um, like Recharge or uh, Michael's Extreme. Uh, they all work well. It doesn't really matter what you use, just as long as you use it. I then take my plant and using the palm of my hand, I'm going to slide the stalk of the plant between my ring finger and my middle finger. I then flip the plant upside down and carefully remove the cup off the dirt in the plant, exposing the roots. I then carefully rough up the roots to help expose the roots to keep them from being all wound up and bound up. I then stick that plant right into that hole I made. Then I backfill it, making sure to leave a two inch gap from the lip of the pot. Uh, you do this so you can water without your water overflowing and just dumping all over the place. You also do this because in, uh, right before you go into flower, you, you may want to top dress it and uh, just to give it that extra boost before going into flower. I think that's all for today's show. If you found this to be helpful or entertaining, give me a follow and a like. 
And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at shutterseedco at gmail.com. I'll try to respond and answer as many as I can at the end of each show. I'd like to thank you for joining me, and I'd like to say, life is dope. Do dope shit. Peace.